Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And first, I just want to say thank you to everyone who checked out yesterday's video on Dr. Disrespect and the mystery of his Twitch ban that nobody is talking about. I very much appreciate that video getting around and all the new subscribers that we have. Certainly, we enjoy talking about issues related to Twitch and all the rest of big tech and the media in general here in virtual legality, and today is no exception. As today we're going to go over some of the things that happened yesterday, but most specifically with the new rules that Reddit has put in place that frankly rub me a little bit the wrong way, not just as a person who uses Reddit on a regular basis, but also as a lawyer, because the way that they have written their new rules, primarily rule one, as you can see in the thumbnail to this video, bothers someone that is very detail-oriented and likes to see definitions carried through, through a rule, through a legal precedent, through terms of service, and Reddit very clearly didn't do that. With that as background, if you haven't been following the news, it's worth noting that yesterday, Reddit, as described here in Variety, finally banned hate speech, removing 2,000 racist and violent forums, according to them, including the Donald, as well as, I believe it's Chapo, Chop House, Draft House, something along those lines. Uh, that is not a Reddit, as you can tell, that I frequent. But at the same time that they did this, yesterday afternoon, yesterday morning, depending on where you're located, a number of other tech giants moved at the same time. Twitch temporarily banned President Trump. YouTube banned Stephen Molyneux, David Duke, Richard Spencer, and more for hate speech. And all of these might well be good. You might be sitting here in virtual legality saying, Rick, I don't see the problem. I hate all those guys. And who can blame you in certain respects for certainly some of what you see banned on these various services? But the issue isn't just limited to what they did yesterday. Certainly, it's interesting that they all decided to act together, even though most of these companies had had plans in place or rules in place to affect a ban like this one for months and months and months. We actually talked about YouTube having the right to do this when they adjusted their rules, basically in the fall of last year, and that they decided to use it at the same time as Twitch and Reddit is interesting in and of itself. But also interesting is the ecosystem, the universe in which these changes have taken place. If you aren't familiar, President Trump put out an executive order very recently that is attempting to curtail the Communications Decency Act Section 230 that is attempting to say that these big tech giants are using the protection afforded by that act in a way that the president feels is particularly problematic for political viewpoints. And if you aren't familiar with that law, the basic notion of this law is that a provider of an interactive computer service, a platform, your Reddit, your Twitches, your YouTubes, will not be held liable on account of an action that they take voluntarily in good faith to restrict access to or availability of material that the provider or user, that Twitch or YouTube or Facebook or wherever, considers to be obscene, lewd, lascivious, filthy, excessively violent, harassing, or otherwise objectionable. And this was needed because there were some court cases at the time that suggested that maybe these platforms could get in trouble for moderating what appears on their service. And there was a whole confluence of events that suggested that the legislature, Congress, needed to step in to say, no, if you moderate your own user-generated content, you won't get in trouble for that moderation. If you otherwise, in good faith, find it objectionable, filthy, lascivious, all this good stuff. And I highlighted otherwise objectionable because that's where most of the fight 
on this particular act is taking place right now because that's very, very broad from a legal perspective, right? What Twitch finds objectionable or what Reddit or Facebook or YouTube or wherever finds objectionable might not be what is generally objectionable to the populace or half the populace, at least when we talk about things like politics. So it's in this kind of ecosystem, this environment that all of these companies decided to do this on the same day, even though the president has expressed a certain amount of ire for the way they are using their moderation capabilities, who they're suspending, who they are banning. This particular executive order came as a result of Twitch putting a little editorial comment about one of the things that the president had tweeted, not Twitch, Twitter, had tweeted about, I believe it was uh, mail-in voting, and that Twitter then directed people to go find what Twitter viewed as more acceptable information on that score. And that led to this executive order. But it's also worth noting that this isn't limited to Republicanism. This isn't limited to President Trump or the Republicans in the Senate or wherever. If you actually go and you look at these kinds of things, it's Joe Biden that also wants to limit Section 230, if not revoke it outright. I made a video late last year called Joe Biden Wants to Break the Internet. But if you go and you look at the interview that he gave to the New York Times, that's exactly what he says. The idea that it's a tech company is that Section 230 should be revoked, immediately should be revoked, number one, for Zuckerberg and other platforms. He's upset with Facebook. And the New York Times interviewer says, hey, that's a pretty foundational law of the modern internet. Indeed it is. And Joe Biden says, that's right, exactly right. And it should be revoked. It should be revoked because it is not merely an internet company. It is propagating falsehoods they know to be false. And we should be setting standards, not unlike the Europeans are doing relative to privacy. You guys still have editors. I'm sitting with them. Not a joke. There is no editorial impact at all on Facebook. None, none whatsoever. It's irresponsible. It's totally irresponsible. So this isn't a Republican Democrat fight. They both agree that they aren't happy that big tech gets all of this protection from places like this and as well in the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which we've also talked about in other videos in this space. So one of the things that I commented on yesterday is that it seems to me that these companies are trying to see what they can do all together as a group and not get the ire of the Senate and the House of Representatives and the presidency brought down upon them. Or they're trying to actually cause something to happen so that they can be at the table for writing the regulations that would come out of a revocation or a reform of this section. And it's in that context that I really want to focus on what Reddit did yesterday. Because in this whole kind of conversation, there is a question of whether or not these platforms should be able to impose their political viewpoints in their moderation capability in a way that limits the ability of what certainly President Trump thinks are Republican thoughts and what Joe Biden thinks are falsehoods that are propagated by the Facebooks of the world, presumably against his political positions as well. Politicians and government in general don't like having giant institutions that can control the chain of thought the message, if you will. And so both sides of this thing are looking at it and saying, well, we think CDA 230 needs to change. And if you're familiar with it, if you've been in this space before, you know that we've talked about why that probably isn't the case, why CDA 230 is actually something that's good for the internet on the whole. We did that in a video a long time ago now in Virtual Legality episode number 72, where we talked about what Section 230 does, how it helps facilitate any kind of user-generated content on any of these platforms, and that without the protections afforded by it, 
all of these platforms would essentially have to reimagine how they function. They would potentially have to vet everything that you would put on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, and that wouldn't be something that they would functionally be able to do. So the challenge here is interesting. Certainly as a lawyer, I look at it and say, I am interested in how this winds up because right now 230 protects them. But if it gets changed, if these kinds of actions wind up with it getting revoked, I think it could have massive domino effects on the rest of the internet, not the Reddits and Twitters of the world that are causing this potential issue, but everywhere else that you might visit, the favorite forums that you have to just comment on your favorite sewing techniques or movies or video games or whatever it might be. So I look at this and say, we should be very cautious. We should be very careful about what we like to see happen with these platforms, because I do think 230 is important and we shouldn't like to see them challenging it in the fashion that they are doing right now. Now, Reddit went out yesterday and said, we're banning all these places, like I talked about in the Variety article, and we are changing our rules. And this is how they described the change in particular to rule one. This is the new content policy. Here's what's different. This is what Reddit wants to get picked up and reported on. This is how they want to describe what it is that they did. It starts with a statement of our vision for Reddit and our communities, including the basic expectations we have for all communities and users. Rule one explicitly states that communities and users that promote hate based on identity or vulnerability will be banned. And just reading that in the summary that Reddit gives, it's very hard to argue against, right? I'm not in favor of hate. I would be willing to bet that the vast majority of people that are visiting here in virtual legality that want to talk about business and law and pop culture and all that good stuff are not in favor of hate screeds directed at other people and aren't in favor of the kinds of communications that you do see on Reddit, on Twitter, when you're playing your favorite video game and it's piped into your microphone. You don't want to see that hate. That would be my bet. And rule one, as described by Reddit here, says that's just what they do. It explicitly states that users that promote hate based on identity or vulnerability will be banned. All good so far. Then you see the next bullet point. There is an expanded definition of what constitutes a violation of this rule, along with specific examples in our Help Center article. Uh Uh-oh. You never like to see that you need to expand on something that is that kind of foundational. You promote hate, you're banned. That's pretty easy. When you start saying you have to expand that definition, I start to get worried. And as it turns out, with good reason. Now, rule two also was changed. It says they want to tie together their previous rules on prohibited behavior with an ask to abide by community rules and post with authentic personal interest. They're trying to cut down on spam and kind of corporate inauthenticity on their platform, which is good, which is nice. But we don't dive into that one because that one isn't really where the controversy is going to live. So let's take a look at the actual language of rule one. Now, it's important to note, these are real rules. We have talked in this space in virtual legality about the tyranny of guidelines, that when you've got a terms of surface, when you've got a contract of adhesion, that kind of contract that you just click through when you are trying to get to your favorite app or video game or whatever it might be, that in those contracts, you can have ambiguities that essentially allow the platform provider in this case, the software provider in the case of something else, to use their discretion to cause you trouble. In fact, the video that we did yesterday about Twitch's terms of service and the entire Dr. Disrespect issue called out these various sentences in that terms of service document that are just wildly ambiguous. And in that ambiguity, confer all this discretionary authority on Twitch. 
And so while these are rules and they are specific, what we will see is that Reddit is relying on this ambiguity to essentially control whatever it is that they want to control in this specific space. So here is rule number one, and it's very difficult to parse, but the first part of all these rules appears to be what they want the rule to be. If we look at rule two, it's abide by community rules. If we look at rule three, it's respect the privacy of others, etc. So the actual rule here is remember the human. And I'm all in favor of these companies wanting and being able to write whatever it is that they want in their rules. But certainly as a lawyer and as a person that wants to see these rules being interpreted by non-lawyers, I can't do anything with remember the human. Clearly it is aimed at saying, remember people's humanity, right? Remember that whoever it is that you're talking about, whoever it is that you're commenting on, whatever it is that you are sharing on a meme, relates to somebody else's mother, daughter, son, brother, father, whatever it might be. They are human beings. And that's all well and good, but it's not an actionable rule. And in fact, in rule one, as now constituted, Reddit saves that actionable rule till the last sentence. But before we get there, we have to parse a little bit more. So the way Reddit has constructed these things, they give the rule, remember the human, and then they start describing what they mean by it. So they say Reddit is a place for creating community and belonging not for attacking marginalized or vulnerable groups of people. Now that sentence turns out to be important because they are actually going to use it to say that this rule, remember the human, is only associated with protecting marginalized or vulnerable groups of people and not folks that don't fall within that grouping. Now remember that as we go to the next sentence where they actually give, again, another bright line rule that I think we could all agree with. Everyone has a right to use Reddit free of harassment, bullying, and threats of violence. Everyone. That third sentence in rule one now doesn't associate with any specific marginalization or or vulnerability characterization. It instead applies to everyone, and I think that makes a lot of sense. But then, with the only kind of actionable language in this new rule, they talk only again about those groups. Communities and users that incite violence or that promote hate based on identity or vulnerability will be banned. So we look at that sentence and we say communities and users that incite violence or that promote hate will be banned would have been a sufficient sentence, but it's not. It's limited. There's a constricting bit of language there. It's only hate based on identity or vulnerability. Now, again, as a corporate lawyer, I look at that and say, okay, probably still fine because If you are promoting hate based on identity, then it's based on either direction of any given identity, majority, minority, vulnerable, not vulnerable, whatever it might be. If you're promoting hate based on someone's identity, you will be banned. If you're promoting hate based on someone's vulnerability, you will also be banned. Still seems roughly how we think about these things in this space. But Reddit doesn't think so. And in order to understand that, we have to go into their help center description. And again, we talked about the fact that I never like to see that you need a help center page to help describe what should be the very clearest foundational rules for using your platform. But before we get there, I want to add one other thing. As a corporate attorney, as a guy that loves reading rules, figuring out these things, helping guide folks through understanding them, it is important to note that I believe that Reddit and Twitch and everywhere else, Facebook, YouTube, has the right as a corporation to figure out what the rules are for the use of their platform themselves. But with that as a notion, it is also important for them to be able to describe what it is that their rules are, that there should be a certain amount of specificity 
of certainty that users of those platforms can rely upon. And I think when you get away from that, you wind up in a situation like the one we are going to talk about. So at the top of this Help Center page on Reddit, they've got the rule number one, just like we talked about. But then they start defining things. First, they say marginalized or vulnerable groups include but are not limited to. And if this isn't your first rodeo in virtual legality, you know that's a favorite phrase of ours because it means that whatever it is that they are about to describe is not the exclusive list of what they want their rule to apply to. Including but not limited to means, hey, here are some examples, but if we come up with 60 or 70 or a thousand other examples in the future, we can impose those upon you because we haven't limited ourselves solely to this list. But even with that language, their list is pretty robust. They say those groups are groups based on actual and perceived, so not actually in reality, but also perceived variations of race, color, religion, national origin, ethnicity, immigration status, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, pregnancy, or disability. Now, if you look at that list, you are probably recognizing the kind of concepts that are present therein. In fact, if you've been in virtual legality, you know that we talked about a very similar list when we were talking about the Supreme Court's recent decision to interpret Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act to apply to LGBTQ group members. In fact, if you go and you look at the particular portion of the statute that covers this kind of concept, you see that there's a list that you, you can't fail or refuse to hire or discharge any individual or discriminate against them based on their race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. Now, this is a government statute. So it's also controlled by the Constitution. And one of the things that is in the Constitution is that you get equal protection under the law. So this law, this statute, and indeed the interpretation given to it by the Supreme Court says that you can't discriminate on any direction. You can't discriminate on the basis of being black or white or male or female or Christian or Muslim or whatever it might be. And that's the way the statute is written. And that's the way this kind of copies, right? But when you actually think about what Reddit is saying here, they're saying vulnerable groups are groups based on these qualities. But in actuality, what they're trying to say is the marginalized or vulnerable groups might be based on those qualities, but based on specific subsets of those qualities. They don't mean to suggest like the Civil Rights Act does that it applies to everyone that has any of these classifications. And they make that all the more clear in the major problem language that they have added as a descriptor to this rule. While the rule on hate protects such groups, which we can apply to marginalized or vulnerable groups, it does not protect all groups or all forms of identity. For example, the rule does not protect groups of people who are in the majority or who promote such attacks of hate. So at the end of the day, what Reddit has said here, despite the fact that they say everyone has a right to use Reddit free of harassment, is that this rule does not protect anyone who is in the majority. Now, that creates a number of problems, both philosophically and really mathematically. From a philosophical standpoint, one of the things that Reddit wants to communicate here is that they hate hate and they don't allow the promotion of hate based on identity or vulnerability. Report that, put that in the press, make that the top line headline item of what Reddit is about. But also, we don't mean that with respect to anybody that we deem to be not marginalized or vulnerable at our discretion, not limited to what we have already put in this long list and not otherwise said 
which parts of the list actually count as marginalized or vulnerable. We can all make or intuit what they mean by these various things when they talk about race, color, religion, gender, sex, everything else, but we don't actually know for certain which gives Reddit all of this ambiguous discretionary power. Then when they actually go on to expressly say that even though we say remember the human, it doesn't apply to this group, I have a real philosophical problem with it. Now, when we actually talk about the math here, we'll get to that in just a second, it's also a problem in and of itself. The majority of what? What is the denominator, right? If we just go and we look at the United States percentage of women, we see that it's 50.52%. But we know for certain that Reddit doesn't mean to imply that hate on women is okay on its service despite the fact that that's what this says. For example, the rule does not protect groups of people who are in the majority. Or maybe you say, Rick, well, maybe they don't just mean the U.S. The internet is kind of a global initiative. Maybe they mean the whole world. And in fact, if that is the case, you could see here that women make up 49.6% of the world, and maybe that constitutes a minority for this purpose. But then if you go and you look at every single instance of every country on earth, who has more women than more men and who has vice versa, you've got all these jurisdictional boundary problems, right? Many, 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 many countries shown in blue have more women than men. Only those countries that are shown in various shades of red have more men than women. And that's what's making up the difference on the entirety of the global population. I suspect a lot having to do with China and India. But even that being said, Are you taking the denominator of the world? Are you taking the denominator of the U.S.? What are you trying to establish here? And I think the answer is pretty obvious. Reddit is establishing that whoever they view as marginalized or vulnerable counts, and whoever they don't view in that way doesn't count, and that hate is to be allowed against those groups. And I think just to put a final point on this and and my problems from it philosophically, and again, this comes from a space that says Reddit should be allowed to do what they want. They should be allowed to say what they want. They should be allowed to put what rule they want in place. But in that same breath, I should be allowed to call them out for it. I should be allowed to make a video like this one and say, that's not really the way that you described the rule you were putting into place. That's not really the press that you wanted in the first place. And I don't even really think that's what you mean but you have reserved the right to essentially foment hate based on who you as Reddit view as worthy of that hate. And you can see that if you reverse the bullet points here. Some examples of hateful activities that would violate the rule. A subreddit community dedicated to mocking people with physical disabilities. Now, before we even get into a discussion about whether mocking is the same as the promotion of hate, let's just assume for purposes of argument that it is. If you had a subreddit community dedicated to mocking people without physical disabilities, would that be something that would be okay? A little odd, not maybe the best example, but you can see where we're trying to go. In the next bullet point, things get a little bit more obvious. If you have a post describing a racial minority as subhuman and inferior to the racial majority, that's a problem. But reverse it. Reddit has said that they won't enforce this rule against the reverse. So if you have a post describing someone in a racial majority as subhuman and inferior to the racial minority, Reddit says that is fine and dandy, despite what rule number one might otherwise lead you to think. Comment arguing that a rape of women should be acceptable and not a crime, not okay. 
Comment arguing that a rape of men should be acceptable, despite the math we just talked about, would seemingly be okay under Reddit's rules. Similarly, a meme declaring that it is sickening that people of color have the right to vote, not okay, but if you make a meme declaring it is sickening that white people or some other group that is in the majority in your jurisdiction, in the world, I don't know, have the right to vote, is okay. And so, in my opinion, and this is philosophy, right? We've stepped outside the legal language here. I think they wrote their rule wrong. I think that the opposite of marginalized or vulnerable isn't majority or minority. That's not really the question. You want to have the right to say who's marginalized or vulnerable. You can do that. You could have written this sentence to say the rule does not protect groups of people who we don't deem to be marginalized or vulnerable. You don't need to aim it specifically at the majority. I think that's a mistake. I think that's a mistake that they will wind up correcting because it's not the exact opposite of the power that they want to have. But even outside of just this legal language, the fact that you put everyone has a right, but no, not everyone has that right in an explanation in a help center page that probably the vast majority of Reddit users won't read, even despite all of that, I simply think it's wrong that a platform that otherwise dedicates itself to remembering the human, rule number one, its prime directive, says it's okay not to remember the human if in some fashion, those folks outnumber you, even if they don't deserve whatever it is that you're saying, maybe even if they do, we aren't dedicated to having a platform that squashes down, that kills hate. We're just dedicated to having a platform that kills the hate that we don't like. And I think down that way is a slippery slope. I said everything at the top of this video about the current environment because I think it's a slippery slope, not just for Reddit, but for the entire internet. It's this kind of base stealing. It's this kind of a setup. This hate's okay, but not this hate. This hate's not okay, but we're fine with this. That creates a situation in which the politicians of the world, not just in the United States, look at this and say, Silicon Valley, big tech can't be trusted with these kinds of things, and the government should regulate what kind of speech, what kind of user-generated content appears on that platform. And I think at the end of that day, we are all significantly worse off. So if you take anything from this video, I would wish it to be this. The third sentence in rule one, everyone has a right to use Reddit free of harassment, bullying, and threats of violence. That should be the rule to live by. And the rest of this explanation should be something that we don't like to see. Because even if you are otherwise okay with the kinds of statements that Reddit might otherwise allow. It is the kind of slope that will result in a far less robust and interesting internet for us all. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you like this, please like, subscribe, ring bells, tell people that we are here. As I said, we put up one of our most popular, if not most popular video ever yesterday in talking about Twitch's ban of Dr. Disrespect. It's now at 125,000 views, which is pretty crazy for this channel. I am very appreciative of everybody that checked it out, everybody that shared it with someone else that you thought might be interested. Please continue to do that. Put these various videos on Reddit. I would love to see this video in particular on Reddit to have a discussion there, although I doubt that they would be too terribly fond of seeing it on their own platform. But please share it where you think people might be interested. Otherwise, if you saw this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it in its podcast form, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. 
It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.